one ball, one strike, went out, one run. That kid the bat and kids what he done. Welcome to the first Croizen cast of the end of the world. Forklift here. And with us, as always, our resident Cossack, Oleg. Fucking bullshit. Ah. And, and also taking a sabbatical from his nonstop listening of McCartney 3 is Tonker. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> never. Never. Guess, by, the way, by the way, I saw on Twitter the other day, I meant to point this out to you, Jeff. Uh, I saw on Twitter the other day that somebody was spending a bunch of stimulus money on Paul McCartney records and they were really excited about it. And I meant to, uh, to RT into your timeline. That's, that's, that's either a case of somebody having more money than they know what to do with, or honestly, mental illness. I mean, that's the Maybe. only other explanation. Or, or it's a Paul McCartney that. burner account. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I, I wish I. I wish I could remember if they had a blue check mark or not. I guess the check mark isn't actually blue, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, that it was. It was funny. Though, I guess. Well, I, I hope his first three purchases are McCartney Two, London Town, and Back to the Egg. Yeah, I don't. I have no. I. I. I that, that is the one topic I have no. No. Uh, no opinion about. Yeah, the best things to do with those three albums is leave them out in the sun so they can melt into a chip bowl or something. <laughs> I do. I do remember somebody uh, being surprised when I mentioned to them that Dave Grohl was in a band before the Foo Fighters. For goodness sake! Well, yeah. I mean, Probot wasn't before the Foo Fighters. And <laughs> um, to push things gently in the right direction, on on and kind of on this theme, I saw a guy on Twitter uh, this morning who appeared to be for real, um, saying that he'd been. Saying that he'd been a Cubs fan since 2016, uh, and and had now had it with the Cubs. This was it. This was the end of the road <laughs> for him. I uh, mean, sorry to see you go. <laughs> so so not to, not to talk about other podcasts on this podcast. Um, Dolan and Fells recorded uh, their pointless exercise Cubs special edition yesterday. So I started listening to it today, and I will I will say this. Uh, Sam is, is the, the few interactions I've, I've had with him is a wonderful, wonderful man, a good person, but, uh, he really plays the part of emo Cubs blogger very, very well. Like if, if, if the Cubs would have traded Darvish for Mike Trout, I'm pretty sure he would have resigned himself to hating the Cubs. Now here's where I'm coming from with all this. I, he, he made the point that up till now, he, he was throwing away all his crap now because of this trade, whatever, man. Like at the end of the day, a month is going to pass and, and I'll probably even be over it by then. I'm not, the Ricketts are cunts, by the way. And I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to, yeah, it's been a little bit longer. We started off on the wrong foot. Uh, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that I'm going to stop paying attention to baseball or to the club. I mean, that's the right? Um, the Cubs have done a lot of things over the years that have really pissed me off. Um, the Ricketts are, are a different ownership group, and and I get that. like like there there's there's actually malice. I don't know if there's malice, but they're actually they 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 made their investment into the Cubs. I think they knew what they were doing. They knew that they were going to put in a few hundred million bucks, create a World Series winner, and be able to live off of that. Um, so they kind of they they from from a business standpoint, they did the right things. 
as a Cubs fan, I mean, they're, they're just, they're just, they're just cunts. And, and that's all there is to it. And that's, and, and, and to the idea that, that an ownership doesn't actually care about winning. I know that that's been talked about when the Tribune owned the Cubs or, or, or when, when Philip Wrigley owned the Cubs, whatever. Like, I, I, I don't actually think that that's necessarily true, but I think incompetence plays a big part of it. But this fucking idea that these guys actually don't care about winning, I think there's something to that. Like, like they, they, they won. They made us think that they cared about winning, right? The whole wicked story about sitting in the bleachers and meeting his wife in the bleachers and all that fucking bullshit. Um, I get it. Yeah, there's no way anybody with Ricketts money ever sat in the bleachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's under duress. Yeah, and and so, but but my point being is that actually, I now think that they have cashed in. They have they have made their money. The value of the Cubs has tripled since they bought them. At least tripled, right? From 800 million to probably 2.4 billion or whatever it is. And you've got assholes like Kaplan, you know, licking their boots around the billions of dollars that they have lost. It's one of two things, either either they're lying or they're incompetent. And the incompetence is even worse because I think that they're trying to cash in on a World Series win without actually trying to win another one. And it's and 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 I think that that's evident. Like it's, yeah, but the, I mean, if you look at it from an economic economic point of view, the marginal value of that second World Series is low. Right. It's the that's, first. That's, it's the first one that makes the difference. Yep. And I think that's exactly what they saw. I think they are exactly right, and that's exactly what they saw. They're like, you know what? We tripled. We, we tripled our investment. Uh, we we bought up all the real estate. We know, uh, like, COVID hit. I get it. A fucking COVID hit. I I get it. But they their idea. I, was, by the way, for everybody who's listening, Oleg is gesturing emphatically. He really is <laughs> waving his arms, waving his little arms around like nobody's business. He looks like one of those inflatable things outside the used car dealer. <laughs> I am I am fired up about this because it it, it, it hits on every single one of my fucking uh, uh, stress points. Like like it's an ownership group that doesn't give a shit about winning. They've made their money. It's a bunch of fucking billionaires who who do nothing for the society, and they can go fuck themselves. They're a bunch of fucking cunts. I don't disagree with any of that. And, and it's, yeah, it's frustrating. I, I don't. I don't know that they're going to try to not win one again. I just think in the future, it'll be one of these things where, you know, if they happen to win one, great. But like you know, I, I, I don't think it's an objective. Yeah, it, I think the I, objective and, is maximizing, maximizing not even the Cubs per se, but Wrigley Field and the Wrigley Field area, yes, maximizing yeah. the profits there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is you know. exactly what they did by buying up all the real estate, buying up all the yeah, rooftops. Yeah. It's all about the experience. And that experience got enhanced with the first World Series, which was very, very much their goal. I, I, I can't trust enough that their goal was to win a World Series. But if it's possible to have ulterior motives besides winning a World Series, I think that's what they had. I think that they knew that they were going to triple their investment. I mean, the Cubs winning a World Series is, 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 is I mean, holy shit, what a boon to anybody's resume or to anybody's bottom line, right? Like, like we can all agree there, right? It'd be like the fucking Jets winning a, a Super Bowl. Like, like it's, it would just be, it's, it's incredible. It would, it, would, it would do amazing things to the value of the franchise, to the brand, to everything. And that's what they did. And they knew what they were doing going into it. Much like I, I 
fucking think that Trump knew what he was doing when he ran for goddamn office. He knew he didn't have to work a lot. He was going to make a shit ton of money for his hotels, and and that's it. And now he can get out, and then he'll be he'll be fine. I think he's just playing up whatever. That's getting that's digress, a digression. Yeah, let let's try to but, stay on the track right, right. here. But the I mean, idea, but the Trump has been discussed in other yeah. places enough. Yeah. We don't. Need but with to the Ricketts, like I I really really think that they knew what they were doing. They knew that if they just went all in for a World Series for a few years, that they had as good a shot as any to winning one. They hired the best possible guy to get them one. And now, now we're on the other end of that. And now they can cash in and continue to cash in. So they don't really have an incentive to even sell the team. That's, well, we talked, that's, we talked about this on the last Crozen cast too. Basically, they now have the McCaskey model. Yeah. Where they can they can ride it for decades. Yeah, but even the McCaskies are, are incompetent. Even even with with football, I think it's even easier to do um, because you know you you really like you don't do anything without the league, right? With baseball, it's so regionalized that that you really have to try to um, you really have to try uh, uh, to fuck up, say, rolling out your own network, right? Or you really have to try like like the, like there's 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 so much revenue that they that they make or that they can make that that i think that they 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 fucked it up so much that now they have no choice but they can cash in on this on on this on this world series for years to come and so now they don't have an incentive to sell the team they don't have an incentive to cash in they just have a cash car now for the next 20 years and they're good to go well the only thing that can gum up the works for the cubs at this point is the white Sox winning one i don't even think that that's true there's enough people yeah, because to then, um, you know, there's there's enough money that's generated by transient fans to where, um, you know, I mean, the, the difference between Wrigley Field and uh, let's call it Sox Park, because I can sure. remember the, yeah, the goddamn right. place, um, is when you go to a Sox game, you go to the Sox game and you go home. There's nothing right. around the ballpark. True. Whereas... You know, Wrigley Field. You got Rico is, Benny's just around the corner, mate. Well, it's up the street, but yeah, I mean, it's on 26th, and the ballpark's on 35th. Yeah, um, and also Chinatown's right there too. If yeah, Chinese yeah. food does yeah. not make you sick. The point being that that to, talk, to, 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 to Frank's point, there's not. There, you're, he's right. There's just no. There, there's no reason to hang out in the neighborhood. And and then and Reinstorf doesn't own any of it anyway. So who cares? So it's in the Ricketts' best interest. And their plan, I think, was to create that experience. If if Wrigley, Wrigley Field's not going to get any bigger, right? It holds forty-two thousand people. That's all it's ever going to hold. But if they can figure out a way to get another 5,000 people into the neighborhood to go to the restaurants and bars, now you're talking about a way to expand their revenue stream without having to worry about Wrigley Field. Oh, and by the way, if these are casual fans who want to walk over to Gallagher Way and play fucking catch and then go back to the bar, well, great, they can do that too, right? So, so, so I think to, to Frank's point, they're building up the experience and, and they've done that, maybe. I mean, it's still a fucking douchey neighborhood. I- I disagree to to up to a point I disagree because and this is something I mentioned last time I think the um the fundamental experience of being a Cubs fan changed in 2016 um up until then you'd got uh you know a hundred and however many years it I don't even want to think about it anymore hundred and however many years it was of futility um and so Cubs ownership whoever they happen to be at any given moment in time could trot out a big pile of 
shit on a day-to-day basis and nobody expected anything anything better but then we they won it all in 2016 Mm -hmm. um and if they want to go back now to blake dewitt in left field you know um that's 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 not going to wash anymore that we we put up with that shit from what was it 20 2009 through the 24 15 so 2009 10 11 12 13 14 we put up with that shit because there was the promise of something considerably better at the end of it sure sure. and if they are going to um if they if they think they're gonna get us to turn out and watch 100 lost teams playing at wrigley again then then there's going to need to be the promise of something better at the end of it so at some point they can't just ride this horse for the next 20 years at some point they have to seriously contend again but jeff in 2003 we heard the same thing right in 2003 the expectations for the cubs changed right the fan expectations for the cubs changed in 2003 we had we finally had a pitch rotation oh it it was just because they didn't go to the world series in 2003 they were one of the two or three best teams in the national league going into the playoffs. yeah they were absolutely things were and things were going to be different and and here's the thing here's hold on hold on hold on here's the thing that led to that the fan expectation i think led to the Derek lee trade in 2004 it led to the Alfonso Soriano signing before the 2007 season. And, and what you really had was you had uh, an ownership group that tried. They, they were just incompetent. I mean, Jim Hendry was just simply incompetent. Yeah, right. But you had an well, and that was that was different too. That was Sam Zell trying to boost the curb, that, the, basically the curb appeal of the team to sell it. Sure, sure. Whatever, whatever the motivation. He wanted to pump the tires to sell the team. That was yeah. all he wanted to do. I, I, I don't agree. I don't disagree. But whatever the motivation was, it was the same concept, right? You, you win, and all of a sudden, you can, you can make your revenue, you can make your money off of that win, whether it was to sell the team, whether it was to have continuous revenue. And that was the same thing back in, like I said, in 2003, it was the same story. Going through that season, I remember, like, the, like everybody, not, maybe not everybody, maybe it was just my bubble, but we all talked about how the expectation of the Cubs changed. And I think we even talked about it on the fringe message board. Like, like the, our expectations changed, right? It was no longer good enough to just kind of be in contention, not be in contention, be a mediocre team, whatever, right? And, and, and that's what led, I think those expectations also would led to, to an awful lot of us, not named Al Yellen, to an awful lot of us who were on board with Theo's plan starting in 2011. Right, I mean, it, it wasn't that long between 2008 and 2011, right? Like, we can all do. Magic. Well, yeah, basically, the only the only two people that couldn't grasp Epstein's plan were Yellen yeah. and Gordon Whitmire. Yeah, everybody exactly. else, because exactly. Theo explained it. If you can yeah. understand an explanation, you can understand yeah. the plan. Yeah, but, but this, what's going on now, and 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 the Darvish trade is just the tip of the spear. And and there's there is an argument to be made that this is how they were going to do things. And, and this is make, what makes me think that winning, even in the long term, isn't the plan. Um, they, they, they fucked it up anyway, right, by, by, by waiting this long on, on even the other players. Um, going into this year, and, 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 and I said this, I don't even know where I said it. They, they had $157 million payroll, right, according to roster resource, going into this year. They could have easily added $35 million to, this, to the 2021 payroll, the future be damned, added $35 million to this payroll, knowing that you've got, that you lose Hayward in three years, you're going to lose Darvish in three years. They could have added to this payroll and been on par with the Dodgers, and it would not have taken very much. 
They just wouldn't have taken very much, right? Fine. Schwarber isn't worth $9 million. If you think that that's it, fine. Go out and sign Michael Brantley to play left field. You're good to go. Go sign. If you don't want to pay for Bauer, go sign Odorizzi or, or whomever, and, and you've got a pitching stick. Right? You could have yeah, well, when, you have Dow- when you have Darvish and Hendricks, the need for Bauer wasn't quite as urgent. Well, you, you want the best. Like you, you want the best, but but, I but you know, you you need you really needed a really solid three. You didn't. I would get one. it. You didn't need yeah. an ace. You had an ace. Yeah, but but I mean, you sign Bauer. Everybody else goes to two and three and fine. Like then you have the best three yeah. in, the, in the in the national league and let's go. I don't whatever whatever that at, at this point that it's 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 uh, it's tilting at, at windmills. But the the point being here that um, at at even if you even if you consider the Hayward signing a mistake, um, the Cubs have the resources to to throw money at that mistake, which is what the Yankees have continuously done. And I get it that the Cubs aren't the Yankees, uh, which is what the Red Sox have done. The Dodgers have found creative ways to gloss over their mistakes. Like every every team makes mistakes in free agency, and it just simply is going to cost you money to play with the big boys in free agency. I get that, no no, no problem, right? But um, but the Ricketts' insistence on not adding to the payroll meant that now not only did you have to live with your mistakes, you had untradeable assets. And now if something didn't go exactly according to plan, you're fucked and you're not winning. So there's all of these kind of pieces that all fell into place to create the perfect storm of, of the Ricketts' being cunts. And that's and that's 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 all there is to it. And and it, and it and it pisses me off to no one. Never mind about how I feel about billionaires anyway. But it pisses me like they just sold TD Ameritrade for what eighty billion, sixty billion, whatever it was. Twenty six yeah. billion. That'll run the cups for a few years, huh? I thought it was way more than that. But I mean, holy shit! Like even if that at least cover you, Darvish's fried chicken. <laughs> like I don't like like it's 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 annoying and it's and it's and and. It's annoying because our expectations, to, to your point, Jeff, it's because our expectations did change with 2016 or even heightened even more with 2016. That Yeah, uh, that, was a, that, that was, that was, I mean, I, I hear what you say about, about the early part of, yeah. uh, of the new, of the new millennium um, changing things up for the Cubs. And of course, I mean, I only, I only came over in 98, so I, yeah. I missed a lot of that just miserable shite in the, yeah, I mean, uh, in the 70s nice. and 80s and even the 90s you know um, I mean, and so but but 2016 was a quantum was a was a quantum leap in in terms of um of what it meant to be a, a cubs fan yeah um well, really that, 2015 was really where the sea change was yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's you knew it was going to ha- it went from this yeah, right. maybe it can happen to it's definitely going to happen it's just a matter of when well, I'll, I'll even I'll even take it one one further. I, I think that you can pinpoint the Javi Baez home run in the 13th inning in Colorado in his debut in 2014, and I think that that's actually the moment when when things change. Right? They weren't very good at the rest of 2014. They had you know Baez had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, he had his issues, yada yada, whatever it was. But that fucking home run that Baez hit in his debut in in, in the 13th inning in 2014 in his debut, that was it. And that's when you knew things were going to change. And then the following year in 2015 is when Bryant made his debut. Um, and Contreras made his – Contreras was in 2014 too, right? No, it's Contreras was 16. Oh, was he? Okay. So, I mean, like, like they were they were never sure. – Addison Russell made but his debut. 15 was Russell, Schwarber, Bryant. 14 yeah. was uh, Hendricks. Yeah. Uh, 
Baez yeah. and Soler. Yeah, exactly. And and that's when things beginning to shift. And and you saw the plan come together, and it was exciting as hell, man. Like it was that was great. Like you had to. Twenty fifteen was a lot of fun. Second half of twenty fifteen, oh, wow. that was nuts. That was just. Man, that Yarrow might be, 2016 was, was incredible, of course, but the second yeah. half of 2015 yeah. might have been the most fun I've ever had as a like, guy. I remember, like, I moved back to Chicago in, uh, like, the first, like, October 2nd or something like that in 2015, and I went to three Cubs games. I got two Arietta starts, one against the Brewers, and I want to say one against the Pirates. And, I mean, granted, I'd been paying attention to the Cubs. Like, obviously, I'd paid attention to the Cubs. But just it was it was just there was a different feeling at the ballpark, and you knew that they were on on on, on course. And I remember being I was talking to uh, co-workers when I was living in Denver in 2013, telling them that the Cubs were going to win the World Series in 2016, and nobody believed me. And here we are. And and it's uh it's it's sort of it's, it's an amazing confidence. And the fact and and the fact that these assholes have so thoroughly uh, gotten rid of what does that mean? So thoroughly gotten rid of their um, uh, got gotten gotten rid of the goodwill so quickly is is truly It's quite something, eh? Really, they set fire to that far faster than I thought they were going to. So yeah, I, I mean, it's it's just it's it's just a little bullshit, and and I can't. There's no other way for me to look at it. So yeah, I mean that's where we are now. Uh, now we have you know these these four kids to look forward to. I will I will say this. Um, but, but yeah, what do we know about these about these boys? So uh, so I will make a pitch for fan graphs. Um, it wasn't Kyler McDaniel, it was Eric Longerhands or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, I actually have a piece written up. I'm just waiting for a Photoshop where yeah. I link to the fan graphs piece by Longenhagen. Longenhagen, that's it. Like I think that there's 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 something to be excited about if this kid who we talked about having Corey Seager's swing. Uh, I mean, they're young, right? We're talking three years away, and the I mean, the the best of at the least eighteen year old, right? That, that Cubs, tells you something as well, right? What do you mean? The fact that they're going for the prospects who are three years away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kicking it's kicking the salary can down the road, right? And three years, like it's 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 driving towards a seventy million dollar payroll in twenty twenty. Or, I'm sorry, 2025. Well, to bring up the White Sox again, I think the model that they've got is the same model that Atlanta had where they're signing the guys. The guys that they've identified as their core, they're getting them locked into, you know, seven, eight-year contracts right off the bat. So at least that way there's some stability. Like rather than manipulate service time, you know, they get the guys to – give up a year, maybe two years of free agency. Yeah, but the guys they're signing, like like Bryant was never going to sign a contract like that. The guys that are signing those contracts are the guys who the owners can very easily exploit. The idea that Ozzie Albies, right, we're talking when you made the connection with the Braves, the fact that both Albies and Acuna signed their contracts and, and their ridiculously team-friendly contracts is, is – uh, 
just points to the exploitation of Latin American teenagers and points to how little regard teams have for them until they become stars. And the fact that they had to, the fact that Albies felt like he needed to take $35 million, probably leaving 150 to $200 million on the table, frankly, by signing that goddamn extension is, is, is just the owners exploiting the Latin American players. And that's exactly what Reinsdorf is doing with, with uh, I mean, granted, Mancada got his cash uh, when he signed, right? Anybody who's not even Robert, Robert got his cash. But Eloy Jimenez, well, I guess Jimenez kind of did too, but you're really talking about an exploitation of, of, of kids, right? We have to wait 10 years in order to get, maybe not 10 years, but six, seven years to get these contracts in the first place. And then they will be willing to take us $35 million to them is very different than $35 million to Chris Bryant. And the fact that they have to take these contracts is just, it, it, it simply points to the exploitation that, uh, that baseball uh, is, is guilty of, of the Latin American uh, uh, system. And another reason I fucking hate the billionaires. Fuck them. Oleg, Oleg is just waiting for the Cubs to have their guillotine giveaway day. God damn it, I can't fucking wait, man. <laughs> that will be a game I go to. <laughs> fucking assholes. Anyway. So, so what's the next shoe to drop? I don't see any way that, uh, honestly, I don't... Uh, uh, Hendricks and Bryant to the Dodgers. Contreras to Houston or to Contreras. Fuck, man. Contreras to the Cardinals? Oh, There you go. Contreras to the Cardinals oh, and the Cubs sign Yadier Molina. Oh, mate. That's, 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 that, that could, that, that would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Oh. Actually, Contreras to the Phillies would make sense, too. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody's waiting for the real Mudo. I will say this. I, I, <laughs> well, and here's where, if the Cubs really are committing to the tank, and again, I wrote about this. I'm just, so I'm stepping over what I'm writing about. That's right. Um, but basically. Nobody's going to read it anyway, mate. All that's this true. So it doesn't make any difference at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there are eyes or ears on anything we're saying or doing. No. Um, but uh, basically, if they're really committed to the tank and it looks like they are, uh, Jed Hoyer's first call today should be to the Dodgers to find out uh, what they're offering for Real Muto, or not for Real Muto, pardon me, for Arenado, and see if they'll give up the same thing for Bryant. Just beat them to the punch on Bryant. Bryant. You wouldn't, though. Why would they? Because both of them are one year rentals? Yeah. Arenado yeah, got I mean, left out. Well, Arenado has an opt-out after this year, right? This is what makes Yeah, but if the Rockies said no and the Cubs are willing to say yes. Yeah. But I don't think the Dodgers are going to give up much. Uh, I think that there's – You, wouldn't, you think, wouldn't get much for that. I do yet. think that there's value in Brian. But, again, we're talking about one year and then you got to pay him. If, if, if right. he has a good year, you pay him. Same thing with Arenado. If he has a good year, he opts out, you pay him. If he doesn't have a good year, you're stuck with him. At least with Brian, you're not stuck with him. So I think that there's a case to be made that Brian may have a little bit more value than Arenado does. Um, but and the other competition the Cubs have is if they decide they want to move Baez, they have to undercut the Indians, yeah. or the, the Cleveland baseball team, I should say, yeah, um, because they're shopping Lindor. So yeah. I don't think that makes sense. you got to shop Baez and find somebody more willing to take Baez than they would be to take Lindor. Well, 
well, fr frankly, as far as the Dodgers are concerned, I think that that's the competition. It's not Arenado, it's Lindor for Bryant, right? And, and again, it just feels weird even talking about it like this. But uh, I don't think the Dodgers have any... Uh, like a, it sucks. I would love for Baez to be a Cub for life. But, yeah. you know, based on what we're seeing out of the Cubs right now, there is no such thing as a Cub for life. Well, I don't think... I don't. Need, I do, you, do you keep anybody? Well, I don't think I don't even think that they're tanking. I think that they're just trying to be mediocre enough to draw enough fans, right? Like if yeah, they tank yeah. and you go back to 2011, 2012, I get it. But I think all that they're trying to do, like I don't, I don't, like what they should do is, is frankly, now that they sort of dropped the hammer, is is tank, right? Like I mean, that's that's really what they should do. But this trade doesn't point to tanking any more than, than, than trading any of the other guys would. And I don't think that, uh, like, it's just about filling that ballpark and being just mediocre enough to be able to get the Iowa and the Nebraska people to, to, to come visit the ballpark. And the thing is, for, that's, but for them, it's not a I – mean, I'm going back to, to casting the decisions on those kind of fans. But for them, it's not so much about the results – it's about coming to the ballpark and seeing Javi Baez and seeing Anthony yeah. Rizzo and yeah. seeing Chris Bryant and sure. seeing Kyle Hendricks, you know? Sure. Um, and if you get rid of those guys, and that's how you save the money, of course, if you get rid of those guys, you do make the Cubs significantly less attractive to see, not only in terms of the results, but in terms of the, you know, let's go and see Blake DeWitt in left field. Yeah, well, I think... Effect, I think you know? I think to your point, and and don't the the fact that you've not mentioned that fucker twice doesn't isn't lost on me. But the fact that the we're going to get him in once that, more before we finish today, yeah, definitely. So anyway, uh, the idea is that though I think what you said is true, um, and that's why they're not going to trade Baez, um, and I think that that's not why they're going to trade Rizzo, and I think why they would probably be open to trading Bryant and Hendricks. It's not necessarily about tanking. Right. It's just it's about getting something back. And there is something to be said for that. They can't just it, it can't just be the fucking Marlins. But um, frankly, <laughs> there's there's it, it, there's something to be said with, about just being mediocre, not something to be said. But I think that's their avenue is 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 just be mediocre enough, have enough players that are fan favorites like Baez is um, and be able to come over and, 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 and still attract a crowd because you still have to fill up the ballpark. And I think that the ballpark still continues to be filled up, even despite everything that's happened, right? Darvish was never sort of a fan favorite. He was my favorite, but he was never a fan favorite. Um, same thing, you know, same thing can probably be said of Brian, frankly, because there's enough of kind of, I, I think that the Cubs, uh, uh, the Cubs are, um, I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever I'm trying to say, smart enough to, to look at social media. And I know that Twitter isn't the world, but I think the Cubs are smart enough to see that feedback and understand that the two most popular players they have are, are Baez and Rizzo. And it, I don't think it's an accident. Those, those are the guys that they're talking about extending. Um, you know, same thing probably with Hayward and, and some of those guys. But I think when you look at um, when you look at guys like Bryant and Contreras and Hendricks, even um, I think that those are guys who they're more than happy to trade for that reason because they're not necessarily like globally fan favorite like Baez and uh, Rizzo are. When you when you say globally, you're talking about Iowa and well, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, within the Cubs, you know, global sphere. Right. Oleg, Oleg doesn't have a very large globe. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. 
<laughs> my 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 midsection begs to differ. But the, the like that's that's my point. Right? It's all about making the buck. It's not about winning. And so that's why I don't it's about value it. for money. Well, it's value for money. I mean, if you're talking, talking if you're talking about just making money, wouldn't having Blake DeWitt in left field drive beer sales for sure? Because everybody have to, <laughs> have to watch that. I definitely drank to forget Blake DeWitt. We've now talked about him four times now. By the way. Any second now, Oleg's head's gonna, <laughs> Oleg's head's gonna explode. <laughs> no, I mean seriously. I mean, how much of a difference does the ballpark make these days? Not that much. If but you're it, really looking to make to squeeze as much money out of your franchise as you possibly can, you do what Florida's been doing for years. You forget about what's on the field completely. No, 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 no. But, but see, but that's sort of the thing, right, to the Cubs. It's not just about you, you still have to win some games. You can't do the thing. Because the Marlins, see, the difference is the Marlins or the Ray. I mean, I, I assume you're talking about the Marlins. The Marlins aren't going to win or aren't going to fill that ballpark. No matter how <laughs> they're not going to win, apart from the twice when they did. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, you know what I mean. They're not gonna yeah, and the, the fact that they took the Cubs out in the playoffs last year. Yeah. But they're not going to fill that. They're, they're not going to fill that ballpark out there. They're not going to fill that ballpark no matter how much money they spend on the table. The Cubs are the opposite, on the opposite side. They're going to fill that ballpark. All they have to do is be mediocre enough. We saw this. I mean, fucking Frank saw this in the in the in the in the eighties after eighty four, right? Eighty four. Talk about expectations. Boom. Eighty four happened. They went for. They trade for Sutcliffe. They trade for Eckersley. You go out there and you get the players to win. They win in eighty four, and then everybody gets hurt. I get that. But, like, talk about changing expectations and all of a sudden the but ball. Dallas so- Green, what Dallas Green also did in the 80s was he built he built for sustained success. The Cubs yes. in the late 80s were cranking guys out of the yes. farm system. Palmero, yes. Grace. Yes. Uh, Maddox. Maddox. Yes. Jamie yeah, yeah. Moyer. And yes. then uh, – Palmero. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and then what happened was – Whatever happened with Green and the Cubs, and I'm fairly certain that Dallas Green uh, resigned resigned over collusion. I'm sure that's what it was. Oh, in '87, yeah. That, I mean, that collusion was crazy. That was that was and, those were crazy stories. And uh, I'm sure that was the reason Green left. And when uh, Gene Michael came in and Ed Lynch came in, I mean, the when I think about the Darvish trade from yesterday, it's, it reminds me a lot of when they let. Greg Maddox walk and the logic that the Cubs had was they can get three guys for what they would have had to pay for Greg Maddox, yeah. you know, leaving out the fact that the three guys they got, you know, you could take all their body parts and try to make a Voltron player and he still wouldn't be as good as Greg Maddox. Yes. No, no, totally, totally. And, and, and I don't, I don't know that the Darvish trade does that. The, 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 the problem though, is that at least they let Greg Maddox go and reinvested that money. It was, it was incompetence and it was stupid and, and I get all that, but at least there was that. With this Darvish trade, there's no chance that they're taking the 15 million bucks or whatever that they're saving the difference between Davies and Darvish. There's not a chance that they're reinvesting that in this payroll. Oh they no, not go, at all. They would go. I mean, they'll, they'll, They'll be perfectly open to extending, like, like Tonker said. Baez and Rizzo, sure, extend them. Great. Yeah. So at least you've got a couple guys that keep – because it's not even about ticks of the turnstile right now as much as it is about people watching Marquee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've already fucked that up. So, but, but they you – know, Well, the, I mean, they put Crane Kenny in charge of it. Crane Kenny would fuck up a one-car funeral. Touche, touche. But – 
regardless, I think that there's like, like, like there's different, like we, we can try to, uh, we can try to shoehorn in any parallel that we want to. But the fact is that right now, all that the Cubs are trying to do is become the fucking Florida Marlins or Pittsburgh Pirates. And it's, and, and except that they understand that they're going to get a lot more people, a lot more eyes on their product. They just have to be mediocre. And this is why they kind of have to win something. Right? This is kind of why they can't completely tank right now is because they have all these investments in the neighborhood and in, in marquee. But at the same time, they know that they don't have to be all that good because they can still off of, live off of 2016. And all they're going to end up doing is fucking bringing back, maybe not this year, but in a couple of years, bring back John Lester for some old timers day at Wrigley Field and you're going to sell out the ballpark. I'd go to that, um, but that's what's going to end up happening, right? You're going to, you know, or when Hayward retires or, or any of these guys, you're just going to end up bringing them back and living off of that for another 20 years afterwards. And they don't have to be, they, they don't have to spend it to win. They just have to spend enough to win. A, to, to, they just have to spend enough to win more than the Pirates, right? And that's ultimately all that they're after because all that, that's all that it would take. And it's not even about like stupid Cubs fans, right? It's like, 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 Maybe to Jeff's point earlier, maybe it's not necessarily about the experience, the Wrigley Field experience, but that's all that they have and that's all that they need right now. And it's 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 frustrating to no end and the ricketses are cunts. All right, well, we're coming up on the two-minute warning. So here's here's the question. If somebody walked up to you right now and gave you a gift certificate for a Cubs jersey, you know, it would have to be a current Chicago Cub, one that's on the roster as we're recording. Which one do you buy? Colin Ray. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to go for Kyle Hendricks because he's my favorite cup to watch. And I'm, we might get to see him for another year or two. If it's not him, it's Tony Ball game. Yeah, I think it would, like, I, I mean, maybe Baez, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I've always been weird with jerseys, right? I don't necessarily want... Um, like, well, you like, have to buy think, kids' like, jerseys for a starter, right? I would well, say, yeah, and plus, you know, you got to make room in your closet full of Blake DeWitt jerseys. <laughs> Five times. Way to go, Frank. <laughs> There's, this is worse. This is worse than us making fun of Jeff for being Walsh. <laughs> oh, I think it's significantly better. Uh, so anyway, well, I guess it depends on how you're looking at it, I suppose. Anyway, TikTok. Yeah, I would I'd buy us. All right. Yeah, um, I would probably go with Nico Horner because he's got the best chance of sticking around for a few years. I don't buy that at all. Right. Well, Here we, are. we will see. So uh, that's going to be it from us. Thank you all for listening. And as always, fuck you, Huey. That was cathartic. <laughs>